Welcome to the Hans and Tristan podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tristan, how you doing? I am doing absolutely wonderful. You still got a tan? I see you. You look like you came from the beach or something. What's I up? Was. I was at like a makeshift beach. Just a smidge, a little bit. You know, it's still social distance. So I can't go to the beach beach. But I did go to Callaway Gardens and it was really nice. How was it? Like, I've never been. I've heard about it, but... I've never yeah, been myself. I went twice, and then I had to um, I had to go, and then I had to go take my baby, of course. Mm-hmm. My baby, she she's clear, so I'm like, baby, we need to tan, honey. We got to work this out because you're not gonna be embarrassing me in these streets. So I took her out <laughs> to get her tan, and now we all honey, honey, cocoa almonds, honey. Right yeah, it's got your little golden almond uh tan going on. I I'm see. Almondy. <laughs> got your uh your summer coat on. I see you. Exactly. We ready. Nice. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad you got away because I know you stay working. So I'm glad you actually took some time and took some self-care for you and your loved ones. So I'm going to say how bad it was when I was packing my bag to go to the beach. I put my laptop in there and then I was like, no. And I had to take it out. I was like, no. Nah. I was about to say, did you end up doing some work while you were over there? No, I took it out. I was like, Tristan, no. Good job. Oh, yeah. I'm proud of listen way to practice what you preach because you know oftentimes we always talk about self-care and we preach it and we say you have to set time aside for it and make it special and we rarely do it because we're working around the clock we always have so much going on but it's great to see that you actually took the initiative to do it i find it inspirational and one day i'll get there one day get you to get there for years so i'm not even going to acknowledge that because i'd be like bro you like all right but next week i'm like listen listen it's gonna happen one day i'm gonna get there i'm gonna take a vacation for real disconnect it's gonna listen when it happens you're gonna be shocked you're gonna be shocked don't roll your eyes tristan they can see you one video they can see you (laughs) but let's jump right into it today we're gonna be talking about Elijah McClain and the sadness that um, occurred last year that's being brought back into light and new developments with that. And we're also going to dive into um, relationships, but the aspect of uh, boundary setting within the relationship and also uh, the, I guess, the cons of not setting boundaries and what it can do, but just the balance that Black women are having to have, and I say black women because I really think it's um, important to highlight the struggles that you guys go through. And you guys usually are um, underrepresented, so I say black women, but I can honestly- Underloved, (laughs) undercherished, like you know I go on and on and on. All this falls under the Black Lives Matter umbrella because you can't go and be marching some of Black Lives Matter and then you come home and treat your black family like shit. Exactly. But I also think, though, on the last topic that we talk about, some women outside of the Black spectrum can relate to, um, because I think it's a shared experience. But we'll get into that. But let's start with Elisha. So for those of you who don't know and are under a rock, (laughs) because that's the only way you wouldn't know, but it's been resurfacing, especially since all these protests have been going on. It's been bringing back to light previous injustices that have happened and nobody has done anything about. And the most prevalent one right now that's trending is Elijah McClain. For those that don't know, on August 24th, 2019, um, Elijah, 23-year-old, was walking from his convenience store back home in Aurora, Colorado. And during that walk, he had a ski mask on because he's anemic and he has to protect himself from the cold. Now, Tristan, I know you know something about that. I know my mom's anemic, so she always has to wear an extra layer. So this is definitely something that is not of 
you know, that's not abnormal for those who deal with anemia. Um, I know we have a coworker, you know, who Thank always- you. I'm like, girl, <laughs> and I'm sweating so, profusely. Exactly. So but we always used to have- that that's out of my control and I accommodate, right? Mm -hmm. But what kills me is the fact that we have to preference all these things because at the end of the day, you should be able to walk down the street wherever the fuck you want to walk down the street in without exactly. having to get harassed or look suspicious because under all this you're still black exactly so as he was walking someone saw him and said he looked suspicious so they called 911 but interestingly enough in that 911 dispatch call the person did say it wasn't an emergency and that he wasn't doing anything he just looked suspicious which i'm like okay all right whatever but you know when cops roll up they see a black man but that, it's that's a different story just like the young lady who was playing video games with her uh nephew and her door was ajar and you know they just did a wellness check she ended up dying anyway so mm -hmm. that preference saying that preference clearly doesn't matter because these motherfuckers come in guns and blazes any goddamn way right but it shows to me though that there's no excuse for the police does that make sense? It puts more of the onus on them. Is I guess that's why I preference it. It puts more of the onus on them. And it speaks to what we talked about um, last week. Well, last week or the week before in the subculture, right? The subculture that's in the police system and how they're taught and trained and what have you. But um, what to me was very striking with Elijah was just his disposition while all this was going on. So if you look up uh, his case, and even if you just look up the hashtag Elijah McLean on social media, you'll get a rundown of like his last words. And they're very sad because he was still accommodating. Like, hey, why are you doing this to me? I don't have guns. I don't do anything like this. You know, why don't like all these words that were just to me still meek and humble while he was being oppressed, while he was being taken I mean, advantage of. Right. So, and then these police this officers, like, this man was like, what, a hundred, I think it's like 140 pounds or something like that. He's anemic. Like if that, so all, mm -hmm. that all that excessive force, and then he's vomiting in the process. Right. Um, so what happened was for those who still don't know, um, they, uh, gave him a ketamine shot to basically calm him down. Um, but the doses, they, right the doses that they gave him was extremely <laughs> it, it was for someone of what, what the, i forgot what the thing said but it, the dosage was twice the dosage that it was supposed to and be none of them were actually equipped to actually implement something that severe yeah from the ms or whatever like you should not be in a position to implement anything like that well from the transcript the officer told the ems to do it so the officer doesn't have that right either unless i'm right. wrong and fact check us please for those of you unless who are more in the loop about that anesthesiologist and <laughs> equipped to make that decision exactly so with that going into his system led to heart failure which led him to be in a coma and later he passed away um so this is being brought back to light like i said it hasn't even really technically been a year because it happened on august the 24th and it's not even august yet so it hasn't been a year and it's being brought back to light the colorado um the governor of colorado has been pressured and has succumbed and ordered an independent investigation into the case and now i just read uh i think it was two days ago that i read that those police officers involved in that incident have been taken off of street duty and put on desk duty. How convenient. Um, so I am happy that it's being investigated against. And it's one of the positives that have come out of us protesting and continuing to put pressure on these people. But the cynic in me, let's wait. There's still no formal charges. You're investigating yourself. So, well, this one's supposed to be an, an independent group. And so we'll see what goes with that. Who's paying for the independent investigation? Well, it's the governor. That's exactly. different than local. It's, it's all, but it's all under the same financial umbrella. I personally don't give a flying fuck at the end of the day. And I tell people this all the time. I swear, like, I don't even understand how these parents have the strength. Because I swear on everything I love. If something happened to my motherfucking baby, oh, I'm burning this bitch the fuck down. I don't give a fuck. I don't care at that point. <laughs> 
And that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't understand how these parents are even emotionally, like they have so much resilience to even begin to deal with this and continue to fight a system that is so fucking corrupt. And I just, I'm like, as a parent, I have to take my hat off to those other parents and those other partners and people, they like, these people had children, like, that is so crazy to me. And that takes a lot of strength and perseverance. No, I agree. Um, I'm not a parent, but I can't imagine losing a loved one and just taking it in stride um, like they have. Um, I'm like you. Uh, me and my significant other, we joke all around, like, if I die, burn the whole thing down. Ain't no pizza. Burn it all down. <laughs> I want you to arrest me because I will gladly do that fucking time with no motherfucking problems. And I'll probably burn the fucking prison down from the inside too. Don't fucking play with me. Like, mm -hmm. that shit is so atrocious to me that people even have the option to still go to work and have the option to be on desk duty after being so fucking disgusting in your fucking job. Like, how is it? I swear, police and weathermen, they're the only motherfuckers that could be fucking horrible at their job and still have a fucking job. <laughs> Why you gotta throw meteorologists under the bus because like that? Like, oh, what did meteorologists do to you, Tristan? <laughs> chance of rain and you be like, wear sway, or it's like, oh, it's gonna be sunny all day, and they think you out there on a the picnic and you fucking... And the drop top soaking wet like outcast said and shit. You know, to any of our meteorologist listeners, I'm sorry that Tristan threw you under the bus like that. <laughs> I respect your job. It's hard out here. These clouds move and shift in different ways, man. I get it. As an avid documentary watcher <laughs> of meteorologic events like tornadoes and hurricanes that I'm into, I understand the difficulty that happens and how it's really hard to do that. Unlike my co-host here, Listen, I'm with you. I'm with you, meteorologist. I'm just saying. But you cops, nah, I, I ain't with y'all, man. Y'all tripping. Y'all tripping out here. But um, what I will say, though, is that um, I'm all about digging everything up. Dig it all up. I don't care if it was a case from 1972. Dig it all up. I'm with it. Everything. I, I truly believe in that saying, what's done in dark will be brought into light. Absolutely. Dig it all up. Like my grandma said, it always comes out in the wash. Up. It always come out in the wash. So at the end of the day, it's like this should need to come out. Bring it up because supporting and funding and my tax money. I don't have an option. My tax money goes to shit that don't even fucking work. Like systems that don't even fucking function as they should. But y'all stay fucking taxing me. Oh, come on. They're always going to tax you. <laughs> the school system, motherfucking, like, why, do, why can't I choose where my motherfucking money go? That's not how they want it set up, Tristan. They you know that. I, you know that. I'm just, you know I be talking, because I'm just like, at the end of the day, you get tired every fucking month. Not even every month. Every other fucking week, it's a black person being killed. And it's just so fucking annoying at this point. It's so no, I'm, annoying. I get it, but I'm also with the digging it up because I want the country to see just how severe this is. Like, we weren't kidding. You get what I mean? Like, we, we weren't kidding. Up. Yeah, we're not making this up. Like, this is really our lives. And this is why we have anxiety when we encounter people in those positions. This is why our hearts start to beat faster and our palms are sweating. You ask why we're nervous because if we didn't do anything, we wouldn't be nervous. No, this is why we're nervous because right. we always know somebody once removed or right next to us who has had a negative experience with a police officer or somebody in law enforcement. Right. And the so, is, like, even all these names that come about, I know nothing of these people personally. But the fact that it's so many fucking names, mm -hmm. and not just in, like, one police department, it's all over. Like, so this shows me that the fucking system is broke. And not just the system in one state or one county but it's the system in and of itself is so fucking broken because this repeatedly keep happening over and over and over. And it's just, it's like a fucking blueprint. Like, what the fuck? No, I'm with it. You can't arrest fucking people. Because I've seen you arrest white people. I've seen you arrest white people without fucking killing them. I'm talking about and taking, on the, and taking on the Burger King. Thank you. Well, I'm talking about white people who actually killed motherfuckers. 
white people who shot up schools, churches, motherfucking movie theaters. You took them in without harming a fucking hair on their lily white fucking head. But black people who are going to the corner store, going to get Skittles, going here, going there, minding their fucking business, sleeping in their goddamn car and just chilling, pulling over and still complying, somehow they fucking die. No, that's facts. And you just actually gave the right comparison with uh, Elijah, right? That happened in Aurora, Colorado. So for those who don't remember, Aurora, Colorado, also the Batman shooting of the movie theater, same area. Hmm. He got brought in. No, no problem. Nothing. This guy was just going to the corner store and it turned into all of this. So perfect example of what we're talking about. There's clearly preferential treatment on the other half clearly um there's a funny well no it's not funny it's sad actually if i'm gonna be honest it's sad there's a video that i shared on my timeline um on ig not too long ago and it's about this guy who was basically saying look at this news report of how this tiger some animal got loose from the zoo and they were saying that the police want to use um bullets that don't harm it because they want to bring it back safely oh, and he's saying God. i just want to be treated like that lion like, like he said, that's all we're protesting for. We just want to be treated like this animal. That's, that's it. it. That's all we're asking for. And it's so sad, but true. But true. You guys like, literally treat animals better than us. Right. Like, I'm not understanding how this animal gets treated like a human, but humans get treated like animals. How, Sway? How? And you can't tell me, but it's, oh, well, I'm not racist. Motherfucker, you're something. You're something. <laughs> you're fucking something. And the fact that you can't admit that you're racist is the fucking problem. Mm. It's the fact that we sit here trying to motherfucking sugarcoat bullshit. Like, no, 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 no. You're the fucking problem. We're not the problem because we're just being fucking black. We're just being what God made us. We're just trying to live. I'm just trying to go to the corner store and get me something to drink, drink because I'm parched. That's it. That's fucking it. And that should not be a mission that I have to reflect on am I going to die or not. We don't have the luxuries as our counterparts. That's just really what it is. And we don't have that luxury because um, what's the hashtag? While being black, right? Anything while being yeah, anything while being black is a threat. Is a death sentence. Absolutely. It's a problem. It's a problem. But that goes into what we're talking about, you know, off air in regards to as black women, not only do you have to fear for your life in these dynamics, but you also have to fear in your own home and in your own relationships. And it's just like, mm. at what point in your life are you not afraid? You make a good point. At what point? Like it's so funny because I was over here with my homegirl and we wanted to go to the store and we had to check to see what time it was. They're like, uh, it's a little too late. It's getting dark. We shouldn't go. So not right. only do we have to worry about, okay, we shouldn't go because it's getting dark or whatever the case may be because the police, but then it's also, again, predators. There's no age as a woman where you're like, okay, whoosh, I'm safe. Like, oh God, like I'm in the clear at this age. Because from the time of birth to the time of motherfucking death, you're vulnerable. You're no, that's true. Upon, and there's no safe age. That's true. And I was just thinking about that. So honestly, if you think about it as a black woman, you're always going to have to walk around with that anxiety or fear looming of somebody in some way, shape or form, you know, viewing you as prey. And then, you know, it's funny, like, then people be like, oh, the angry black woman, da, da, da. No, sweetheart, that's a defense mechanism. That's to keep people off our fucking asses so we don't look like fucking gazelles while we're crashing <laughs> around fucking lions and shit. Because if you're walking around and you, you have a certain, like, vulnerability about yourself, some motherfuckers take advantage of that. And it's sad. It's fucking sad. No, I definitely, I definitely see. I remember um, Dave Chappelle, he um, made a wonderful metaphor um, to encapsulate the experience of black women. So I talked about it before when he was basically saying when he was coming up, he did a show. He got like um, 
thousands of dollars for the show. And he was just doing it for like drug dealers, you know, and it's a, you know how, how you come up, you get it how you can, right? You get it how you can. Right, and I remember telling you, they paid him in cash. Yeah, they paid him in cash in a book bag and he put in his book bag. So this is New York, you know, you get on the subway. So he's holding to this because you could get got, you know, like you could get got at any time. So he's on the subway and he's just looking and he's instantly viewing everybody as a threat to the money that he has. And he said in that moment, he understood what it means or what it feels like to be a woman because what they're sitting on is so valuable and everybody's looking at them because they want that. And he said in that moment, he got an experience, a little glimpse into what it's like to be a black woman or a woman in general. And I was just like, wow. And that's real. Like to be in a position where you always have to be on the defense. Like, whether you're going over a friend's house, whether you're driving to the store, whether you're going to the club, whether you're leaving the mall, like, you're always, you always have to be on the defense and aware of your surroundings and aware of who you're with. And, like, that is emotionally draining. And then, like I said, on top of that, it's some people who come home and they lay next to people who take advantage of them, who abuse right. them, who treat Let's them get like Let's get a little deeper into that. So um, yesterday or two days ago, um, a Mississippi woman, uh, Itasha Brunson is her name. She's a mother of five. So she was um, going viral because of an incident that happened on her social media. So what happened was her boyfriend that she was dating for a number of time, she just found out that he was married. So um, that clearly crushed her. So she went for a drive and she documented this on her Facebook Live. She had her kids. She has five kids. She had her kids in the car with her as well. So while she was driving, she was clearly distraught. She was clearly in a dark emotional place. And she started to basically hint towards taking her life and the life of her kids. So during this live, you know, she's ranting. She's, you know, sharing what's going on, how she's feeling. And um, it's been quoted that she quoted about... um, you know, not wanting to take her daughter's life or not wanting her daughter's life to end this way. And at some point in the video, her phone drops and you see the car crash and, you know, of course the video goes out. Um, there's also documents footage from people who are driving by the scene who shows her car flipped over. Um, so luckily she and her kids, they just had some injuries, you know, they were hospitalized, but nothing too severe. And then she proceeded to make another video while in the hospital. Somebody need to take her phone away. But anyway, while in the hospital to say that, oh, no, it's not what it looks like. I wasn't trying to take my life or the kid's life. I was just going through something, blah, 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 blah. Before we get into her, what I will say, what made me bring this up here as a topic of discussion for Hans and Tristan is when you search her hashtag, you see a lot of women who say that she gave this man too much power and that she allowed him to permeate too much of her mental space and her emotional space. And I thought that was an interesting conversation because it's a catch-22, like you said. It's a balance. You have to have a balance when you're in the relationship. And you saying that we oftentimes have to lay next to somebody that could possibly be taking advantage of us, to me, brought this situation to light. So I think we should discuss it, you know, in with this uh, case with Ms. Brunson as an example of what goes on daily, because she's not the only one. At all. She's not the only one. I don't know not one woman who has not been in an abusive relationship. And I'm not talking about physically abusive, but emotionally, you know, mentally, physically, whatever, like, and, and financially abusive. Like, I'm every woman I've known been in some kind of toxic relationship. And sometimes some of, some of them are the toxic person in the relationship. Let's be real, right? Women can be toxic as well. But at the end of the day, like, you can't sit here and be out here to my Black Lives Matter. But then, like I said, go home and treat your Black counterpart like shit. You don't love black women. You treat black women like shit. And that's how I'm like, I'm so sick of it. Like, I'm sick of this fake fucking facade. Like, I'm tired of the shit. You get so sick of trying to support a demographic that fucking hates you, whether it's white people or black men. Because let's not act like it's not black men who fucking hate black women. No, it's, at the end it's of real. The day, you, you get 
it's, it's so fucking draining. And then, like you said, it's a catch-22 because it's like, you're saying you, you give someone so much power, right? And I don't think it's necessarily power, but it's more about entrusting yourself with this person. Because if you're trying to build a life with someone, you're going to want to give them your all. Or why would you even half-ass that anyway, right? But then you're in a catch-22, like you said, because then you close yourself off because you don't want to get hurt. So it's like, you become a prisoner of your own emotions because now you don't trust people because it's so much fucking foul shit going on out here in a relationship world and a dating dynamic. No, I definitely agree with you. And I remember when therapists said that, um, you know, to truly love is to make yourself vulnerable for heartache. Um, And that's really what comes with it. But for me, I just, I don't know. I just expected a different type of narrative to be, you know, um, put forth when it comes to this young lady. I expected, you know, to them to focus on the kids, which that's what I thought instinctively, like who has custody of her kids? Cause regardless of what's going on, like that paternal instinct was kicking in. You're like, hold on now. She, she's still pat- got right. Cause she keep recording, but right. <laughs> she's still recording. What about these kids? Like, <laughs> But that's real. And I think that's what people don't understand, right? Even even as you co-parent, like you and that, that person might not be together, but you're not understanding when you psychologically fuck with someone's head and they still have to parent effectively, that right. is their parenting. And that's, male, again, male or female, right? So it's not just a one-sided situation. And that's why I'm just real big on like, like why even play games? Why even do shit like this? Why even... <laughs> half-ass into a situation. But I think, though, what you said off-air, to me, is indicative of how you go into it. So I know very back in the day when we first started to uh, do the Hans and Tristan podcast, we talked about dating and dating while you have kids. It's different, right? So Tristan dating before Genesis is not the same Tristan dating after Genesis, right? Two different worlds, two different people. So I'm wondering, though, and I'm not putting the onus on her because dude has to take responsibilities for what he did as well, right? You're clearly living a double life, sir. And you took advantage of this young lady. You know, you definitely took advantage of her. But at the same time, though, I do wonder if she took the necessary precautions of setting up boundaries. Because like I said, like I said, one one of the things that I'll never forget, I dated a young lady because coming up, I was the type to say, oh, she got kids, I'm good. I'm good on her. I don't want to deal with none of that, right? But I did. That's me now. He got kids. I'm good. (laughs) But I ain't got my own kids. All right. But I dated a young lady who showed me like, if you set these right these boundaries correctly, nah, you can do it. You can do it. And I just wonder if these boundaries were set. But at the same time, it's like you said, it's the catch twenty two. Regardless of where the boundaries are set. Whenever you fully open up yourself to somebody and make yourself vulnerable, whenever they hurt you, whether intentional or not, it's going to hurt. It's going to because, hurt. Because you're loving with your all. Exactly. And I think that's what people fail to realize, you know, like you're, you're going to get hurt, right? Even if you, you, you lose your counterpart to, you know, natural causes, it's still going yeah. to fucking hurt. That's going right? to hurt yeah. At the end of the day, so the issue isn't the demise of this relationship. The issue is being able to cope with disappointment, being be able to cope in a healthy manner with situations that do not always turn out. Because I know I'm, I know for a fact that felt like being punched in the fucking stomach. Because mm-hmm. I've dealt with niggas and they're like, "Oh, by the way, you be like, what? I beg your pardon. The water <laughs> Excuse me. In my face because how you how you doing this? But you, I'm confused, right?" But understanding that you have to take responsibility for your own feelings and you have to be able to manage your own feelings. And I hate when people say, you know, well, you allow someone too much power. Da, 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 da. No, you just opened yourself up to the wrong fucking person. And that's what go. it honestly boils down to. Like you give to the wrong person. You give full access to the wrong person. And sometimes you don't know they're the wrong person until it happens. Like I said, no. I've been in a situation where I thought motherfuckers was like, oh, he the shit. Oh, he's perfect. And then it's like, okay, well, clearly that was a fucking disaster. Right. Like, no. And it's hard because at the same, you can't, relationships are not a light switch. You can't just turn them on and off, right? You, you go through it. You have to process it. Just like when you got into there, right? Everybody has 
these boundaries and these certain windows of time limits of when they do things when they enter relationships, right? I wait such and such time before I invite them over. I wait such and such time before I do this. It's all indicative uh, of the process that we go through when we're trying to get to know somebody and opening up slowly to them. I think I think I might be aware because I don't do that. I base mine off of like my energy and my comfort. Because there's some people I can date for a whole year and still not be comfortable around you. But then still setting up certain boundaries and certain things implementing because you can put this time limit on something and people will play your time game. I've seen No, I've seen but what but what I mean by the time limit by the time limit is that you, of course they're gonna vary by partner, right. but the standard, you get what I'm saying? Like the right. boundaries don't change. Everything. So just like I know for you. Yeah, yeah. Just like I know for you, like when you deal with certain dudes, there's certain things, no matter who they are, they're not gonna do. You get what I'm saying? Until you feel comfortable. Now, the time limit may vary by person. Does that make sense? So yeah. I know you, you're you not just going to let anybody up in your house. So like... So my, dudes, they, my dogs are here, honey. Right. So some dudes, it may take six months. Some dudes, it may they take never. three. It just kind of, right. <laughs> some dudes, they may, they may never make it to the promised land. It just, it just varies. <laughs> but you still have those principles in line, those boundaries setting in line. And as therapists, what I want to share to our listeners is that you need a set of that, right? Going off the vibe is great, but going off the vibe should be based off of these boundaries. But you can't go off the vibe if you're not in tune with yourself. That's true. And I, that's why I tell people, like, don't do what Tristan do. Because Tristan been doing it for a long time, right? Tristan been in, in these dating streets for a minute, okay? And Tristan also knows how to properly assess people. So don't do what I do. And then Tristan is also not afraid to get her feelings hurt because, again, Tristan has the coping skills. So don't do what I do. But like you said, you definitely got to have some boundaries in place. And even when you get to know people, you still got to have those boundaries in place even after the fact because the person you may have met five years ago might not be the same motherfucker in your face now. Mm-hmm. And understanding that you gotta stay firm to your boundaries, cause I'm listen. I be chopper styling these people out. Like you gotta go. I'm sorry. Like you, you out of line. And even if I'm still cool with you, you will never have the same access to me as you had before. And I still be cool with you. I, be, I like I don't have to be a bitch to you to cut you out of my life. That's facts. That's facts. I just think that we as. Uh, <laughs> As therapists have a responsibility to highlight that at the end of the day, regardless of who you're dealing with, you need to have a set of principles that work for you and that you, that you have actually taken the time to clearly assess and why they're valuable for you. You need a set of principles when it comes to dating and letting people in your life. Because as you see with Ms. Brunson and what's going on, when you truly are in a relationship and you're trying to make it work and you're trying to make it flourish you open up a side to your of yourself that you don't really give too many people access to so if you value yourself your mental health your well-being and then you're throwing kids into this like i said this lady has five kids so you are also responsible for their well-being as a parent you should really really have a set of principles a set of boundaries in line for when dealing with people in that capacity. And like you said, I don't like the fact that the narrative was like her giving him too much control because at the end of the day, nobody wants to be out here in a relationship where they have to be totally guarded. But that's a prison. Fact, but that's, that's a prison. The world we live in. Well, people will like people will be physically intimate with you and still not be open enough in, in regards to the emotions. And that to me is so fucking crazy. Like how in the world can you even get to the point where you're physically having sex with someone, but you are not vulnerable enough to open up and talk about your feelings with that individual? Like, I don't know. Um, maybe, people, maybe I'm just... People do that all the time. That's why you got Tinder. What you mean? And that's what I'm saying, but the, the, and that's, a, that's the issue. Because we've made that, we've normalized that. We've normalized that to the point where it's like, then we wonder why, well, divorce rate so high. We wonder why motherfuckers got commitment issues. We wonder why all these other things, because we're not teaching people how to actually address their issues and make commitments and see things through. We're teaching them how to avoid their fucking feelings and still, in lieu of actual intimacy, just be out here fucking. That's true. And also, we're not making the correct distinctions between those type of relationships and 
the difference between a relationship that's geared towards just sexual fulfillment rather than a, a relationship that has emotional connection and, you know, involves other things. And I don't think we make that distinction. I think we blur the lines and lump them all into one. And that's where we get into trouble because the relationship that you have with buddy or whoever you just met at the club and smashed or whatever is not the same as the person that you've been courting or talking to for months at a time. Those are two different worlds, two different types of relationships. But like you said, I don't think we do a good job of making those delineations in those relationships. And I think we are seeing <laughs> the problems that come from that, right? Exactly. We're seeing, yeah, we're seeing the ramifications. We're seeing the countless baby mama, baby daddy drama. We're seeing the abusive um, nature of relationships, which to me, I thought with the advancement of social media would actually have a positive effect on that, right? Bringing light to it. But honestly, it's making it worse. Like, I, and I'm, I'm really shocked with that because I'm seeing all these, um, not all these, but I've seen a couple of musicians, rappers or whatever, who have been documented being violent and abusive towards these young ladies. And they're still out here just chilling, living life. And I'm like, we're just going to forget about this. We're not going to yeah. hold them completely yeah, it's, it's accountable. Become, it's become normalized. It's become normalized to the point where it's like, yo, sexual coercion and all this other shit. That shit is normal. Like, and it's sad that it's normal. It's sad that we've normalized these things as part of our dating culture because that's not what the fuck it is. But then we wonder why women don't feel fucking safe. Why the fuck should I feel safe if I'm sitting here in the bar and the nigga keep trying to fucking shove alcohol down my throat to lower my inhibitions so he can take advantage of me? No, that's true. I don't know how y'all do it. I'm going to be real. I, mean, I just don't know how y'all do it. But I it's so watch- funny because people are like, well, Tristan, why are you so aggressive? Why are you so cutthroat? Because I ain't got time to see a play with no fucking body. That's why. Like, because I really have to, like, there's no cookie cutter way to sit here and tell you, no, I'm not interested. Because even if I say nicely, no, I'm not interested, guess what? Now I'm a fat bitch. Now you throwing fucking bottles at me. Now you motherfucking, you was ugly any fucking way. Tristan, where where are you going that they're throwing bottles at you? Listen, I need you to <laughs> This happened to me. Like, when I was in high school, I was walking down the street. Dude, you know, was leaving the gas station. I, me and my homework walking past the gas station. Dude was leaving the gas station. He was a car. And, he, and first of all, he was too old for me any fucking way. But this, that's neither here nor there. So then he's like, hey, what's up? Can I get your number? I'm like, no, no, thank you. Fuck you, bitch. Toss the fucking beer bottle at me. Wow. And drive. Y'all, y'all DC cats, man. Y'all wilding out here, man. Y'all gotta do better. Listen, it's 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 crazy that me not being interested is now warrant for you to fucking assault me. Yeah, or you being underage, but we won't go there, you know. Honey, that's why I said there's no safe age. Thankfully, I was motherfucking light on my feet and I was able to dodge the. Oh, you dodged it. You okay? okay. You see him throwing fucking bodily fluids at me? No. (laughs) Okay. No. But the fact that I even have to go through shit like that is fucking asinine. No, that's true. I remember years ago, this y'all young lady, she, um, and I'm from up there, so I, I will take on this on that. New York streets, she gave a little insight of what it's like walking down the New York street and the amount of cat calls she got. And in my head, I was like, holy crap, she can't walk two blocks, two blocks without, like, 10 dudes trying to holler like you can't even walk to the subway like I now I get why chicks be walking so fast up in these Brooklyn streets like but she twisted it on them and she started she she did another video she was walking down the street and she was just hollering and being mad aggressive at these dudes and they wasn't feeling it and then she one dude actually slowed down to have a conversation and she was like so why are you not feeling it he's like nah that's just too aggressive you know you gotta be respectful of my boundaries she's like oh, oh but it's you and you hanging out the window and all that okay bet see that's the thing is like and on top of that let's, let's not forget the motherfuckers who broke you oh yeah yeah my girl was telling me about that like the amount of groping that goes in the club and just oh, anywhere in pu- public, yeah, public places. Yeah. Like, are you going to act like you just stumbled on, on my breast? Like, you just stumbled <laughs> like this onto my boobs? Like, really, sir? Like, I'll be, 
It's, it's I just thought trope. of a Kevin Hart skit, but that's real though. I just thought of a Kevin Hart. But it's a trope. <laughs> it's just like, why do I have to sit here and be subjected to, like, why do you feel like you're entitled to my fucking body and to me? And when I say no, then it's a fucking problem. No, I'm with you. I agree. And for me, there's no, there's a fine line. Like, there's no excuse. So, like, I know sometimes the environment lends us to change our behavior, right? So, for instance, if I'm at you, if I'm hollering at you in a corner store, that's going to be a different environment versus when we're in a club. Does that make sense? It's so, a environment, yes. It's a different environment. It's a different approach. Does that make sense? So, at the corner store, I'm not going to be dancing and trying. You get what I mean? Like, that's not excusable in the corner store, right? But if I'm in the club, it's excusable for me to get a little closer than I normally would. Just by virtue. That's why I dance by myself. I dance with my girls. Like, that's a that's a that's a virtue of of the environment. But yet and still, I think sometimes we uh, lose all types of like all types of balance and all types of understanding of you still need to respect somebody's space to regardless of the environment and kind of what's going on. And um, I'm tired of the excuses. I guess this is what I'm leading to because oftentimes I hear dudes come, well, if she wasn't doing this, if she wasn't, listen, I don't care how bad she's twerking and, and everything like that. That's still not an excuse to go up there and physically, you get what I mean? Do all that. Now, what I will say is this though. Go ahead. What I will say is this. I may get some backlash on that, but I don't care. If you got a dress on and all your titties are hanging out, I can look. That's all I'm saying. I get to look because you put it out there. But don't look be drastically different than you again acting like you trip and stumble. And no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I know we're talking about that, but no. But listen, there's some women out there who are like, oh, why are you looking? Well, listen, listen. I'm sorry, sweetie. You got them out there for a reason. Right now, and my thing is, I've been you got them out there, so I get I to look. That's all I'm saying. I wear my fancily cladded outfits every now and then. You know what I'm saying? Like, I be popping. You know me. I'm like. You lying. You don't go nowhere. Where you Where you be going? Listen, when I do step out every now and then, I be having a little, you know, shaboing more. Every couple of years. Listen. Okay, because I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But, again, that does not give anyone. And I really had to have a conversation with this dude because he really was trying to convince me that women dress up specifically to get motherfucking scooped by a dude. And I'm just like. So you're telling me when I leave my house to go somewhere, my main mission, when I get cute every now and then, when I put my lashes and my wig and everything on every blue moon, my main goal is to leave this house to get a man. And he really tried to convince me that was the case. And I'm like, absolutely not. I think he has it construed with something else. I will say, from my experience, some women do get dressed up to get noticed. Because certain, certain outfits accentuate certain things and i've heard it oh i'm gonna get me a nigga tonight i've heard it i've heard it now not I, every but woman that, but my thing is don't presume you that nigga first of all no 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 so here's here's what i'm saying he, here's where he's construing it you know what i'm saying here's where he's construing it getting dressed up so you know you could be noticed and, and get fine and everything is not the same as being accosted it's not the same as being you get what i'm saying growth it's not the same of having your personal space violated does that make sense right. that's no, not that's perfect sense. and my thing is you that's being, not the same me wanting the attention of being noticed it's not yeah i want to be approached and that's what i'm saying he's getting it construed because right. and then also it's not the same it's times I get motherfucking fleek for just so for my homegirls to notice me. Because I, a compliment from a female means way more to me than a compliment from a male. Because y'all, y'all be paying attention to shit half the time anyway. No, y'all don't be paying attention half the damn time. No, but you're right. I don't. <laughs> I know you don't. Because it was one time I had my lashes on. And I'm just like, so you don't know my lashes. These are, this a new cat eye. You don't know my lashes. Oh, like, oh ain't it the same ones you had last month? I'm done. But still, the point I'm just <laughs> is this. Just because I put effort and energy into my appearance does not mean that you have the right. And, and this is what you're misconstruing. Because you're sexually attracted to me doesn't mean you have the right to fucking violate me. Doesn't mean automatically I am obligated or you're entitled to me. It doesn't work that fucking way. And don't flatter yourself to think that I fucking want you back. <laughs> and that shit is it's so crazy to me that people really feel that way. 
But well, I get tired of it because I'm like, I shouldn't have to go to the grocery store and motherfuckers follow me from one aisle to the next aisle or follow me out the grocery store claiming they want to help me with my bags or come up to me like, oh, let me buy your stuff. Give me your number. Sir, please. What the fuck? No. It's a it's an over-exaggeration of things that they've seen, right? So oftentimes they think of, oh, you know, if you're not confident, if you're not, you get what I mean? If you're not having a certain type of swagger, as they say, you know, these women are not going to give you the time of day. And what they have to understand is we're not homogenous. Not everybody's the same. So just like you said, when you get dressed up, usually you're dressed up for yourself or for your homegirls. That doesn't mean like everybody does that, right? So everybody is not set up the same way. So you have to actually slow down and assess the situation. And I... um. Back in the day, I was talking to this dude, and he was uh, basically asking how I was able to talk to these ladies, right, and have conversation, and then just not do anything, because they clearly want some more out of the situation with me, and how I was able to do this and everything, and I had to tell him, well, the problem, the difference between me and you is you go rushing in. You go rushing in. I sit back, and I assess the situation, and I can tell what type of party invites my presence and what type of party doesn't invite my presence. But then on top of that, you also, and just me knowing you, right, you actually talk to women and not talk at women. (laughs) Tell our listeners the difference. It's a fucking difference, okay? Like, I've legit had dudes who, like, talk at me. And I'm just like, one, you're not listening to my response. You're not even you're not even interested in who I am as a person, first and foremost. You're just making comments that you think will fucking impress me. And they don't. So it's not an actual conversation. Or on the flip side, I had a guy who just interviewed me. Which name? Which life? Which favorite color? What's this? What's that? That's not a conversation. So you're <laughs> He's not interrogating you. <laughs> right. You're not even taking the time to really bond. You're just trying to get all these questions out the way to say you actually know me when in reality you don't, because I can tell you fucking anything. Mm-hmm. But that's the difference between you, because I know you, and a lot of men I've interacted with, right? Because, again, you have these conversations, you actually listen, you actually give po- feedback, you critique, you like, you tell a motherfucker they're wrong, because you tell me I'm wrong all the fucking time. All right, relax. <laughs> you also, on, a, on the flip side, have standards. But, and that's what it is. So, like, I'll never forget one thing I heard was just, like, um, it's quality over quantity. You know what I mean? Like, there's always going to be bad females. They're, they're everywhere. They really are. They're going to be everything. So, if you're, always, oh, if you're always chasing a skirt or, you know, like, this and that, what type of, what type of man are you? What, do you? what are you going after? And for me, it's just always more intriguing to have a conversation. That's, I don't know. It's one of the things that stimulates me. Like, it's like, okay, what are you talking about? Because one thing I can't... That's why every female who hits my line loves you to pieces. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but yeah. It's, the, it's the worst, though. Think You know it. It's the worst talking to somebody who's dumb. Think about it. Like, you ever had a conversation and you're just like, are you even here? Like, what's 99.9%. <laughs> that is the worst thing to do, Tristan. You know it kills us. Like, we'll be like... Oh, you're like, but I'm going to tell, tell you the issue I run into, right? Is not not even just the conversations per se, but when someone makes you feel bad for being intelligent. And not being intelligent to the point where you're like a, a smart ass or you a know-it-all, but just being equipped to respond to certain things with an intellectual perspective, right? And you're no longer fucking doing the same shit you did before. So now it's like, oh, well, you think you better. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm matured and I'm trying to have an adult conversation and I don't want to talk to you about the rap game and all this other shit because <laughs> I wanna, like, I'm sorry, like, don't get it twisted. You know, I love ratchet shit, but on the flip side, I can do it all. So to have someone who can be able to do it all, a lot of people, and I'm not even talking about men, a lot of people in general are one, two dimensional, right? And it becomes an issue when you're evolving and you you looking around your circle, you're like, I can't even talk to these motherfuckers. Nah, that's real. Why you that's think every time I go wrong on the application, I'm like, all right, look, am I tripping? Cause let's. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's definitely real. But um, it, it just goes to show, though, like oftentimes we're seeing the 
just the foolishness that's that's occurring because of misinformation of people not taking the time to properly assess their situation and how they're coming off you know when they're interacting with someone and then like we said with the example of the woman from mississippi i often question you know what was her baseline you get what i mean what was her baseline in dealing with this dude and not putting the onus on her because heartbreak is heartbreak i can't tell you how to feel when you but we get heartbroken standards as women we right stop making excuses for our counterparts because they can't perform to our standards right because i don't feel bad like nigga, you can't perform my standards either one i'm an outsource or two you gotta go and also it, it does not say anything about you that they're messing up right so this dude who was living a double life right and was married that I, doesn't I say really spending with you exactly that's what i'm saying so like just because somebody messed up doesn't mean you loved wrong right if that makes sense it's, if that makes sense and oftentimes we all love the shitty person at one time and oftentimes i see that you know that self-blaming that self-loathing like oh maybe i did no 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 listen you can't i hate to put basketball terms on this but you can't don't do that you can't <laughs> I can't, you know, blame myself because you dropped the ball. You dropped the ball. You had the ball in your hand. I ain't had nothing to do with that. You right. dropped the ball. You and know, the so I can't. The thing we have to understand as people is that sometimes you dodge a fucking bullet. Because I'm like, I've been in situations where I've like found out motherfuckers were married. And, I, and I'm like, yo, I feel bad for your fucking wife. Mm -hmm. I feel fucking horrible for your wife. And yeah, you might, I might have been a side bitch and I ain't know it. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, I'd rather be a side bitch than be married to a fucking nigga who cheat. Facts. So that's just my perspective. And you can always make something strength-based and make it a learning lesson. But again, you have to be able to cope with the, the feelings of that situation to be able to properly assess it and learn from it as to not do it again. Because that's mm -hmm. what people sort of realize. Yeah, you're going to go through shitty shit. But are you learning from it as to not let it happen again? I ain't talking about learning from where you just shut all your fucking feelings down. Now you fucking hate the world. Uh, fuck bitches get money type shit. Like, no, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about are you actually learning and assessing so you can grow and evolve as to know, okay, what red flags was I ignoring? Because they were fucking there. Yeah, and learning doesn't mean that you're blaming yourself. So even the example you give, it's like, okay, what can I use the situation for to better grow and flourish, right? What could I have done differently? Doesn't mean it was your fault. Just because you found something that you could have done differently doesn't mean that you are actually wrong in that situation. That's you actually being mature and learning from the situation so you can even have an even more fulfilling relationship in your next go around. So that doesn't even necessarily mean because we often see that negative mindset when we're dealing with our clients. So just because you go back and assess doesn't necessarily mean that you, the demise of this relationship was your fault. You should be held fully accountable for that. So understand the difference between the two. Understand the difference between introspection and assessment versus self-blaming and loathing. They're not the same thing. So definitely want to make that distinction to our listeners out there. So guys, our time is up. We thank you for joining us. As always, hit us up on our multiple platforms, Haunted Tristan Podcast on IG. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever podcasts are heard, you can hear the Hans and Tristan podcast. So please hit us up, tell us what you think, like, subscribe, tell all your friends about us because we need to be heard. Appreciate you guys joining us. Yes. <laughs> Appreciate you guys joining us and hit us up next time. We'll see you guys later. Bye.